Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am here today with an entrepreneur, a mentor, a consultant. It is the one and only Jeremy Jacobs. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, Jeanette. Lovely to see you and hear you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you and you we're doing well actually aren't we because i've been interviewed for your podcast and now you're coming on mine i know i know it's great it's very exciting to be on your podcast so thank you so much for having me you are very welcome because you are brave bold and brilliant and we're going to find out just how brave bold and brilliant you truly are jeremy through the conversation <laughs> I'm excited It is all good It is all good So listen I know um, A little bit about Your backstory But some people Listening may not know So can we start Jeremy With a bit about Your story Kind of where life was Where it is now What sort of Happened in between And then we're just Going to have a nice Old chat after that Yes absolutely Thank you Jeanette If at any point I talk too much Just feel as they say stop Because I could go on for ages I'll give you an, a brief overview Of my background and my story So I am a I live in Brighton and Hove On the south coast of England Where I was born and bred And I, I lived a pretty What I would consider normal life For the environment I grew up in um, I didn't grow up in poverty. I didn't grow up in, in extreme wealth. I, I had a comfortable life. My parents uh, are still married. Um, and uh, they did their best to make sure that I never went without. And it, and it certainly felt like that. Went to school, went to college. And, um, and I actually left college. I decided I didn't want to go to university like it seemed everyone else was. I wanted to go and earn money. I wanted uh, a mobile phone. I wanted a nice car. I wanted clothes. I wanted all those kind of materialistic things that uh, teenagers want. And so I, I did a, I did a GNVQ in business, which is showing my age because those qualifications don't exist anymore. Um, and it was uh, advanced business studies. And actually, I was, I was. Someone asked me the other day, like, why did you, like, did you always want to get into business? And the answer was no. But I don't know what it was that attracted me to doing business studies at a college. I think it was because it was a vocational course, so it was coursework rather than exams. And I hate exams, so I kind of chose it. And I, and it seemed interesting. And um, and so I, I didn't go to college, and I went and got a job in a call center. I was working in a pub actually. And then I got a job in a call center, um, which is a company now, which is now Virgin Media. Um, it was called NTL back then, and it was in the faults department. So I was on the phones all day dealing with customers, dealing with very, very aggressive, rude people who, because their TV and telephone weren't working, um, and really cut my teeth on understanding customers, having compassion and understanding. I, like, I learned how to deal with customers um, through that part of the job. Um, but I got bored. Um, I was diagnosed last year, although I or 
always new with ADHD, neurodiversity. So looking back at my life, it was understandable why I got bored in that job quite quickly. And I decided that I wanted to go after university and become a web designer. That was my goal. Like the internet had, was, you know, in its fledgling days, it only just sort of starting to be developed. I'd already actually been hand coding HTML websites with my friend um, in 1996. So I was just interested in it. So I went off and did this degree um, in London called Multimedia Studies. Doesn't exist anymore. So a theme there that every course I do just stops existing. And um, and I, anyway, there's <laughs> a trend that I've set so anyway, I went to university. I did this degree. I had a great time. Then I got a job in a, in a small boutique agency, four other people, and they hired me and I came in and I did all sorts of stuff. And that's where I started to learn about digital marketing, uh, paid search, SEO, um, writing for the web. And I was also training, running training courses um, in that business. Then got headhunted, went up to London, worked for big agencies, running campaigns in paid search on much bigger accounts. So a very long list of big blue chip names, BMW, Qantas, uh, Lloyd's TSB, et cetera, et cetera, lots of big companies. Um, and that's where I learned my skills in a sort of elevated level of customer service, now client servicing. So dealing with big companies, sitting in boardrooms, explaining complex uh, data to um, people that didn't really care. They just wanted to know, are we making a return on our investment? Um, and, and the reason I say all of this is that all of those things, those skills I learned have so set me up to, to where I am today and so, so important. Anyway, uh, moved agencies, got headhunted again. Then in the recession of 2008, 2009, I took voluntary redundancy for my job. And this is where everything changed and I started to work for myself as an entrepreneur. I was the worst employee in the world. If you ask my boss for my first job, I was such a difficult asshole. And I know it. I was this young idiot that thought he knew best. And we're coming in with that. No, I don't think we should do it like that because I think he's, and he's like, he's probably thinking, shut up. Anyway, still friends with him. And, uh, and I, and I just always thought I could do things better. Like in every job, I just thought, oh, I can do it better. It was definitely, definitely arrogance, um, slash confidence, more, more arrogance, but I just thought I could always do better. And so when I took voluntary redundancy, I had an opportunity to explore that. And that's what I did. So I set up two businesses. One was a digital uh, consultancy, uh, marketing consultancy to, to take my skills and then go and work for myself. And at the same time, I set up um, uh, a website for my mum for a cupcake business and had zero intention of getting involved in this business whatsoever. And um, to shorten this very long story, fast forward 13 years, we have a fully functioning production facility, which we um, were manufacturing product for Virgin Atlantic. We did 4 million cupcakes for them. Um, from, from upscaling from nothing into production in six weeks, uh, which was fun. Um, and then we've worked with lots of other big customers, British Airways, Qatar, mainly in the travel sector, number one lounges, um, et cetera, et cetera. Family run business, my mum and dad were involved. They both retired out of business. Uh, and then COVID came along and ruined everything. Um, absolutely decimated my business. Um, all of my worst fears, that I had about my business losing customers and closing happened in the space of 
a week. <laughs> uh, and so it was, in, yeah, incredibly challenging time. Um, continued to work for, you know, to, to try and get the business, uh, keep the business afloat, essentially. Uh, and then took a personal decision. I could have kept on going, but I took a personal decision last year to close my business um, for my own sanity, my own health, physical and mental, um, to have a better way of life. And I just decided I just didn't want it to run its course. I've achieved so much in those 13 years. I'm incredibly proud of. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about it because I, I am proud of what I've done. Um, and, and so here I am. Um, oh, I also did an MBA um, in the middle of the pandemic as well, which I completed um, last year. Um, and here I am, new year, new me. Um, we're going to explore what, what it looks like. I don't know. We'll, we'll probably talk more, more about that. Hopefully that was a succinct enough. That was perfect. Perfect, Jeremy, of course. <laughs> but listen, I mean, there's, there's loads in here, so we're going to get sort of stuck into a bit more of a detailed discussion. But, you know, when we talk about the podcast being called Brave, Bold, Brilliant, to make a decision to close your business after 13 years is such a brave thing to do, in particular, not knowing what was next. And I know you're, you've got loads of fingers in different pies, pardon the pun well <laughs> keeping with the baking theme but no on a serious note it's it's a big call actually after that emotional commitment the fact that you, you know it wasn't just a business you were all in it together as a family you know you'd jumped out of corporate life to do that and you know and, and everything in between so you know when you were making that decision Jeremy how hard was it for you you know was it was it an obvious choice or did you really have to grapple with it and sort of weigh up the pros and cons because there may be people listening to this right now whose businesses are really struggling and they're having to make similar choices so can you just talk us through a little bit about sort of how you went about it what was going through your head how difficult a decision was it and anything else that you can throw in there as yeah. well Absolutely. And thank you, Jeanette, because that is one of the things I actually, interestingly, I mean, just to have a vulnerable moment, I actually, when you're talking, I'm quite emotional about it. And it's the first time I've really felt that strongly about sort of reflecting back about what I've been through over the last year. And so I think on reflection, there was, I think I I know that the decision was made, was at the, the kind of uh, cogs of that decision. I don't know if that makes sense. Like the wheels started turning around that decision a lot sooner than I realized. I think actually before, before the pandemic, there was, I knew that I wanted to exit the business in some form. The business was doing really well, the best we'd ever done in the pandemic. I was very happy with what the business was giving me. It was giving me a decent wage and we were, we were making good profit every month. So I was looking, I was about, I was actually going to take three months off the following year to explore, you know, just take some time off and have me out of the business so the business could run itself. Obviously, things changed the pandemic. In hindsight, and I don't make myself, I don't like, a, oh, there's no regret around this, but in hindsight, I wish I'd have closed the business in March 2020 and not tried to make it work. But I didn't <laughs> because that's who I am. I'm persistent. And the fear of losing my business and um, uh, yeah, lose, having to close a business 
prior to even knowing anything about the pandemic, frightened the shit out of me. Um, and now I'm on the other side. I really wish I could go back to Jeremy back then and go, Jeremy, do you know what? No matter what happens, you'll be okay. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about your abilities. Probably some people are going to hit, are going to read what happened and judge me. But that's fine because we do that as humans. We judge one another. And to be fr quite frankly honest with you, I don't give a shit what you think because the people that care about me and the people that matter to me won't, won't, they all, they all applauded me and said, congratulations. Anyone else can, excuse my language, fuck off as far as I'm concerned because, and that's a really important lesson for me. And that's what I really want to get across to people. It's like, it's really difficult to, shut out the, all of those voices, uh, you know, those ideas of what people might say and make a decision for you. It's so hard, but I just, looking back, I wish I'd have said to myself back then, no matter what happens, you'll be okay. So that's the, that's kind of like the first thing in terms of actually making the decision. It took some time. Um, I can't remember when it was probably August, 2021, um, I have started a new relationship and that was definitely someone asked me, did it, did being in a new relationship impact your decision? I said, yeah, absolutely. Cause my priorities have changed. I've been single for a long time. And what, what happened was I threw a temper tantrum. I don't mind saying it. I threw a temper tantrum in the street next to my car, like a five-year-old because I did not want to go into work. I was so stressed out and so on the edge. And my partner, he couldn't see. I, at the time I was like, why can't you understand why I'm so stressed? He's a train driver. He's never run a business. He doesn't understand that. And you know, why would he? So I threw this temper tantrum of like, I don't want to go to work. I've had enough. Blah, blah, blah. But I still got in the car and went to work. Looking back, I thought, oh, I really wish at that point I would have said enough, like stop, but I didn't. And then 1st of September, I was walking my dog, Biff, on the beach down in Brighton. And my partner and my mum were texting me independently. And I was noticing this frustration with everything they were saying. And they weren't saying anything rude. They were just being nice human beings. And I was getting pissed off and frustrated. And I just thought to myself, what is, what is, just like this moment of like, I'm so tired. I'm so stressed. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to be this person anymore. And then my, <clears throat> the voice in my head went to me, you don't have to do this anymore. And then it was like a light bulb moment. I just gave myself permission to stop. And I think that's, what all it ever takes in our own in our own lives to change is give ourselves permission to stop and change but obviously there's there's other people that in, are impacted by the decisions we make but in that moment i just was like i don't have to do this anymore and i text them both back and went i'm done i'm closing the business and for me people who know me well once i make a decision you can't stop me. I, I push forward with that. So within probably about four or five weeks, the business was closed. Everything was out and I was done. Locked the doors and walked away. Wow. Fantastic. And how do you feel now, Jeremy? Um, around that decision? Um, I clearly there's some stuff there because when people like when you talk about it, there's some emotional response, but I'm really good at stuffing emotion down and ignoring it. I'm not great at like when people go sit with your emotions. I'm like, no, 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 fuck off. 
I'm off to go and get pissed or, uh, I don't know, watch a 10 hours of Netflix or eat crisps or, or just dive into work or something like that. So I'm not great at that, um, but I'm, I'm learning to be so. And um, how do I feel right now? Without a shadow of a doubt, it was the right decision for me. All of the fears I had were completely unfounded, never came true. Um, I don't have any regret. I look back at what we created with just such admiration for myself and other for everyone involved. It was a beautiful thing. Um, it's gone. It's a business. Um, I got an MBA. I got a flat. I got <laughs> I got thirteen years of of freedom and um, and, and money. You know, wages. I got so much from my business that how could I not look at it and go, yeah. Brilliant, you know. Yeah. Perfect. Well, listen, that's that's great. And there's so much that you've you've talked about that I want to pick up on if if you don't mind. So I think mm. while you were talking, one of the things that you talked about was identity. Uh well, my in terms of that you aren't your business, you know, and, and yeah. I think, so if you I think it's very difficult for sometimes people, whether you're in a corporate job or you're at, you're a business owner, it doesn't matter the same, the same holds true. And I think very often people can, can confuse the two. They think what they do is who they are. And actually it's not, it's what you do. The two are different. So even though in the situation that you had where you chose to close the business, you could have carried on, but in other people's minds, they might see that as failure, right? Now, I don't see it as failure at all. And I know you don't see it as failure and nor should, nor should you. But I think sometimes when people are making those decisions, they think I failed and it's, it's me, it's me as the identity. It's so wrapped up, you know, who you are mm. and who you do. And, and I think the big lesson from, as you were talking for me was to actually just re-emphasize that you are you are a whole person and that's just one chapter in your book um of life isn't yeah. it really um and, yeah. and did you did you struggle with that when you were younger because i know i struggled with sort of you know being so attached to the role the job title the, you know everything that comes with with that and actually, it took me quite a long time until I got to an old, a bit, bit older and a bit kind of more wise and, you know, <laughs> been through the mill of you, <laughs> that you realise, actually, it's all bullshit. You know, that's the two are separate and it's not a reflection of you as a yeah. person. So I don't know. Did you did you used to confuse the two when you were younger, do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, what I said about coming out of, university, uh, of college and wanting to go get a job to earn money to buy shit basically um you know and and um and that status and that you know material possessions are a reflection of the kind of person you are and what you've achieved in life 100% like <clears throat> this focus on job titles you know i we used to laugh because in my last business i worked for in digital marketing everyone was ahead of fucking something and there was like <laughs> people who just come in they're like head of head of head of um i don't know like desk cleaning and <laughs> and it was just we used to laugh about it because everyone wanted a decent job title and um yeah so i definitely struggled with that and i still do i'm not gonna lie like it's so part of our society isn't it you know how successful you are success is a number how much money you know these are the sort of measures that i grew up with success is a number what car are you driving how big is your house who's on your arm who do you hang out around with what clothes are you wearing da, 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 da. those for me are what used to be the measures of success and they are still to some extent but 
I am, and I believe more people are pushing against that narrative and looking at the quality of their life. You know, am I, I've, I've got, I'm going to see a cardiologist next week because I've got heart problems. How much of that is stress? Like stress is the yeah. biggest killer. Cigarettes, bad food, bad diet, all of those things. And nowhere, you know, that's what at least the scientists say. So for me, for me, I feel incredibly successful. Do you know why? Because I've achieved what I set out to do, which is to close my business and create a new life. And what you said, just to go back about failure, if I may, that word is so charged with meaning. Mm. And if you look up, because I'm well, I'm sure you'll allow me to mention it later, my podcast is around failure. And if you look up the definition of failure, it is to not achieve success. So in technical terms, I have failed because my, well, depends how you look at it, but my, uh, my goal wasn't to close my business, right? So I, in theory, I have failed, but it's the emotional meaning that's attached to that word of what it means about me as an individual, which is the problem. And that's what I've had to work on because I made it mean I'm no good as a business owner slash entrepreneur. Mm. Well, uh, who's to say I'm not, do you know what I mean? Maybe some people will think that, but um, I don't believe I am. I've had to work really hard on that, on that self-belief because actually I've got a shit ton of knowledge. I know a lot about business and I've won my first um, coaching slash mentor client last uh, few weeks ago, sat down, came out of that session. And I was like, without sounding arrogant, but confident, I know my shit. I can spot problems in their business so fast that they're not even seeing. So, yeah. So I, all the only reason I say that is if anyone's listening and they have had a big change, whether that's in corporate, they've lost a job or not got the promotion or they've started a business and it's failed. It's like we learn. And that's the thing about failure for me and mistakes is as long as you're learning from it and you're understanding what went wrong and what you can put in place going forwards, then it's all experience. And that's how we get to where we are, don't you think, Jeanette? Oh, God, 100%. 100%, Jeremy. I think you've got a fairly way to success. You know what I mean? And, yes. And what, and what is success? Success is how you define it, not how society defines it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're here to throw the rule book out, personally, and stuff the rest, you know, because... Yeah. Actually, it's what's important to, to you, to the people that you love around you, your, you know, people that are, that are close to you. Yes, OK, their opinions are the ones that matter. But actually, the biggest the biggest thing is what you think of yourself. Right. That's the most important person to love. hundred percent. So no, I love I love that conversation around around failure and attitudes of failure. And I think there's a bit of um you know, there's a bit of a cultural aspect here as well, because if you're, say, in the States, there's much more of an openness to failure. You know, if you if you went in, walked into a bar in the US and you said, oh, I've just had to close my business, they go, oh, I'll slap you on the back. Well done. What did you learn? <laughs> you know, whereas, and arguably, I would say, I don't know what you think about this, Jeremy. Quite frankly, if you're not failing at stuff, you're not trying hard enough. You're in your comfort zone, right? Uh, totally. Totally. I can go and get a job. I was offered, I was, I was offered a position um, as an account director. Like I was chatting chat to someone I used to uh, know work with and, uh, and I, uh, they, I can go and get a job doing that and I'll be brilliant at it. And I could do that for, I could slowly move up the rank and, and do and work for someone else and follow their path and what they've created and how they see their vision. And I could probably earn a very nice wage and live, die comfortably. 
but that's not me. <laughs> I want to challenge. I And that just what you were saying earlier, just to make a point, like that's what I love about business. And that's why I do what I do is like to create spaces, create, get to say how my version of business, how my version of running a company and, and make a difference. Like that's what I'm all about is and growth and challenging myself. And so for me, the world of entrepreneurship is so where I belong without a shadow of a doubt. And as you say, I am, I failed so many times. I've got a long list. I'm going to do like an episode where I'm going to talk about my different failures. I've got so much content. You would believe. <laughs> You and me both. That's why you're in very good company here. I've got you, Gideon. We all have yeah. our we all have our shit list, don't we? You know what I mean. And, uh, yeah. But yeah. but that's good. Mm. That that is really good. And and you know the other thing I would say um, that as as you were talking, I think this is a big takeout for people who are listening or maybe watching on YouTube as well. Um, is that it's a life by design. Now, mm. often people think that oh yeah. You know, Life is, you know, it, it's X, Y, Z, it's the, it's the economy, it's COVID, it's so-and-so hasn't done this. But the minute you take full responsibility and ownership of your own life, I think that's when everything changes. And I don't know, it seems to me that you're exactly where you should be right now and you deserve to be, and you're in control. You're creating a life by design that you want. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that, Jeanette. And, um, and I... I probably saying a slight like just a different way of saying it but exactly the same thing is like i'm creating a life that i get to choose um i'm also very aware that i'm an incredibly privileged position to have that and that's something i needed to remind myself quite a lot because i was moping around going oh poor me oh i've closed my business blah 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 and that's not to take away from it but at the same time you're like dude you've got so much opportunity in front of you and 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 so i just want to say that first of all um but yeah absolutely creating a life and and what i've said for myself is people are asking like what are you up to and i'm like what I'm figuring that out right, right now. And I'm going to build a business around my life, not a life around my business. This was what I did for 15 years. I made my life around my business and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing that anymore. So absolutely creating my life, um, how I choose. And what I also just want to mention as well, because I really agree with what you say about the responsibility. Like there are certain, you know, we talk about external circumstances and things you can control. COVID is an uncontrollable and it's very easy to go, oh, poor old me because it, COVID closed my business. Um, yes, to a certain extent, but no, not really. And so I would, I would get up, I would get upset or resentful towards my business even before COVID and, and run around acting like I'd had no choice in the matter. And it's like, well, if you really don't like your life that much, if you hate your business that much, Close it or sell it or get rid of it, but stop running around, which is, I'm talking about myself, stop running around like a spoiled, entitled dick, pretending that like, oh, my life's so hard because my business is so challenging when you made it and you're sitting in it. So I say that to just as, you know, as leaders in the world and powerful people and entrepreneurs, just to take a moment and just check in and check in with your ego and look at what you're complaining about and see whether or not actually you can be more responsible and take control. Because I was polluting other people's lives with my negative energy for a very long time. I, I openly admit that. And now for me, I just look and go, right, you're 100% responsible for your life. 
And it's challenging, but I think what you said, when you get that concept and you really take it on, it's so liberating. And as you say, it's just potential for so much great stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely spot on. And that's it. You can't control everything that's going on externally, but you can control the actions you take. You you took control of making the decision you made, even though it was external forces that had kind of, you know, impacted to a, a large degree, but you were still in control. And also you yeah. can control how you feel about stuff, can't you? You know, we choose you have to, I think you have to select your thoughts in the same way as you select your clothes every day. You know? Yeah, um, well, you know. I like that. I like that. I really like that. I, that's, a, that's a really nice way of looking at it. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking I might, I might even put some hangers up with lots of different like, thoughts. Uh, when I go through them, I can go, oh, I'm going to pick out the happy thoughts today. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, but no, but you're right. You're absolutely right. But you listen, you were talking about being grateful earlier and reminding yourself what you're grateful. We're so privileged in the Western society. I mean, if you've ever spent time in a third world country, and I spent so much time in India, a third of the population live on less than a dollar a day. That's 350 million people that's, you know, and a lot of them are starving on the street. That is hard. That's that's real stuff, actually. So, you know, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I spend every morning, I think of three things that I'm grateful for. And it, it can yeah. be things, it can be big things, but it's very hard to be pissed off and grateful at the same time. It's almost impossible. It's almost Yeah, impossible. no, I agree. I agree. Gratitude is such a great a great practice. And it's something that um, you know, I talk, it's that whole idea of your problems are relative. So for me, it's that balance between, you know, not using other people's um, difficult circumstances as a stick to beat yourself. Like, oh, shame yourself into feeling better because everyone else is, lots of people have got it worse. I think for me, that's gratitude. That's acknowledging what we have. Like I am with, with some of the most privileged and lucky people on this planet by far, and you're absolutely right, but I find that balance of not beating myself up about it and also acknowledging that my problems are relative to me as well. So it's it's a difficult balance to get, but I agree with what you say about gratitude is, is a daily practice for me, even if I don't necessarily sit and write it. It's just taking a moment throughout my day to just be thankful. I've even got water to drink. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Can we talk a little bit? We're going to talk about the podcast as well, Jeremy, because obviously, you know, oh, yeah. topic around failure and, and everything. So you've got your new exciting podcast that you're going to launch. Do you want to just talk about that a bit more so that we can get people excited about yeah. it, ready to download? Thank you so much. Yes, Jeanette. So I have uh, decided to launch a podcast this year um, and it's for me, it's, it's, I love having conversations, but I'm loving this conversation. I mean, obviously, because you're awesome and I like talking to you, um, but I love having conversations because exploring topics, subjects, life, being a human, being an entrepreneur with other people. And you and just, I just love it. I just love it. Love it. Love it. So a podcast for me is, is something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, and so I've, I'm launching one. It's called How Not to Run a Business. Um, some people have questioned me and gone, uh, that's a bit of a weird title. Like, will that put people off? Uh, my answer is hopefully not. Hopefully people will read that and go, oh, that's interesting and want to check it out. And the idea behind it is it's how to run a successful business through the failures and mistakes of successful entrepreneurs. Um, or it might be people with a with a powerful message or an expert or someone in that field 
I'd want to uncover and explore failure, mistakes, to normalize conversations around it, but also mental health, which is a thing I'm extremely passionate about. I've had my own long list of challenges with mental health, depression, substance misuse, um, anxiety, uh, all sorts of stuff. I've been diagnosed with ADHD last year. Um, and actually my business, business previous with Ray's Bakery having this brand has stopped me from talking about that sort of stuff for fear of people not wanting to work with me. So now I don't have that. I will start talking about that more. Um, and also what it takes to be an entrepreneur. So, um, yeah, so I think I've recorded about 10 episodes now, including your lovely self. Um, and so, yeah, launching, um, I haven't set a date yet, but it'll be March, April, um, it will be conversations, me interviewing people, uh, me talking about my own experiences and leaning in on particular subjects each week, uh, or I'm going to do an episode every two weeks. Um, and it, hopefully for you, everyone listening, it will be fun, engaging, you'll learn something. And I want, I want people to listen to the podcast. And even if they're just going for a walk and they're not necessarily up for like learning something, it's just that... You know, when you'll know this, sometimes being an entrepreneur or running your own business can be really lonely. And so I just want people to be able to put something on like this podcast and listen and just go, ah, oh, there's other people who get it and having an honest conversation like we have today. And they just feel supported and part of a community. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. So March, April, um, it will be yes. how not to run a business with the incredible Jeremy Jacobs. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'll just I might drop the incredible because I might sound a little bit like an arrogant <laughs> dick, but <laughs> I'm telling you you're incredible. So it's okay. I accept, uh, oh, accept the compliment. Um so so Jeremy, you, you touched on there about the importance of mental health, right? And and I know a little bit about some of the things that you've gone through and you know as you say, with the ADHD diagnosis that you had, are you, um, are you okay to talk a little bit about how that's played out for you? I mean, I know it's something you're very, very passionate about, and uh, I think it might help people as well to realize that this stuff is, is real. Um, and, and it can manifest in lots of different ways for different people, but there are, you're not alone mm. things that, that you can do. Yeah. To them, really. Ask me anything. Yeah. So, so in terms of the, the mental health side of things, was that very, for you and the, the sort of challenges you've had, was that sort of very much driven through what was happening in the business, do you think? Or is it something that you've sort of struggled with regardless of the situation that you've been in work-wise or business? You know, because I, I sort of, I suppose, um, cause or effect really, I suppose, is the question. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a very good question, which I haven't really thought about. And in those last 30 seconds of thinking about it, I would probably say I don't know enough about mental health. Like I know enough. I did a course about ADHD. That's a set for me. That's a separate thing because that's a de developmental disorder in my brain. Um, I, I've done a four week course on it, so I do understand more about it. But for me, I always knew that I was different. Uh, my brain was wired differently and that always left me feeling like I was an outsider. I was um, annoying. I was different. I was loud. All of these sort of really negative things that I had as part of my identity growing up, which had a detrimental effect on my self-esteem, my ability to build relationships. 
to be the kind of human being that I would want to be. And so, um, and now that there's so much more conversation around that subject and I've educated myself and I'm now sought professional help, um, I'm, I'm taking medication for it and oh my good Lord, has it made a difference? not only the medication, but that acknowledgement that I'm not crazy, that this is real, that it does have an impact, that I'm not crazy or different or mental. Actually, um, it's my superpower. Um, it's, it's what makes me Jeremy. I'm creative. I'm, um, I have lots of energy. I can engage with people. I'm good at public speaking. Um, all that sort of stuff, all these qualities. I hope I have anyway. <laughs> That's a little British cultural thing. Going, oh, don't talk about yourself too positive, Jeremy. I might think you're a dickhead. Um, yeah. But you know, those are the things that I believe about myself. And so, and then you get to connect. You get to start to connect with people dealing with the same thing. And I think that applies with everything that I've been through. Um, depression, anxiety. I mean, it, the main thing really is is that I think. I definitely think that running my own business very heavily contributed towards the depression, the misuse of substances, alcohol and drugs. I don't have any shame in saying that publicly. Everyone in my life knows about that. Um, and I know lots of people who struggle with it as well. Um, and so I definitely feel like the, the immense amount of stress and pressure that goes into running a business um, and all of the impact on your life and your relationships and everything definitely contributed to it. And I've learned so much over the years. And now that I think I'm taking everything I've learned from those 13 years, 15 years actually of running businesses to today about creating a, firstly creating a life that works for me, which is not overstressing myself right now. Um, but also having these kinds of conversations because the only way these conversations get Get, you know the only the only way these things change is when we start talking about them openly and honestly without fear of shame because people again will judge me and go oh I used to take drugs oh oh and make a decision about me but you know i have no shame about that because of what i've had to deal with and also i know there's lots of people who are misusing those kinds of things um out there who are keeping it a secret and it's damaging their lives because they can't open up and talk about it. So it's only when I sit here and go, do you know what? I've had those problems in the past with all of these things. I don't have any shame about it. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, you know, on this, listening to this podcast or whatever, please do. Because that the only reason I do it, Jeanette, is to help others, to help others get out of that really horribly dark place I was for many, many years. And I really wish I had taken action sooner to deal with it. Um, but, you know, I'm very proud of myself as to where I've got myself today and all the work I've done. So, yeah, it's a big problem. Mental health is a big problem. And I know that there's, particularly in certain environments, it, it's not talked about enough. It's seen as something which is, you know, uh, too touchy-feely or I don't have that problem. But hopefully I can see there's change coming. Yeah, and I think it's it's incredible that these conversations are happening and they're real conversations. They're not just superficial, you know, kind of mental health washing or whatever the term might be. For yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think meaningful, deep conversations, which are really honest and, and kind of out there, are, are, is the way to go 100%. So thank you for being so vulnerable and sort of sharing, Jeremy, because okay. it's, it, 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 it does bring back stuff. Of course it does. But when you think about 
kind of your journey in that area, what are the things that have made the biggest difference to you, do you think? Now, I'm not going to ask you to give advice to people because I think everyone's situation is different. But for you, what have been the biggest things that have made the difference? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is not advice. This is only my own experience. I think for me, um, firstly, You've got to, you've got, you know, they say in things like 12 step programs like AA and NA, um, they say that, you know, the first step is admitting you've got a problem. And I think that's in anything that you want to change. You've got to recognize it is an issue. And so that's the first step, which has to happen internally. And I think often that happens when you're pushed to the point of a rock bottom or no return. Um, for what's really worked for me, first of all, is reaching out to people I trust. Um, that, you know, very close friends who I feel won't judge me. Um, and in particular, those people who've been in my position previously or are going through the same thing. I think reaching out, even if it's anonymously to the, you know, there's so many helplines, charities, organizations, uh, resources online where you can now go and find these, these people. And, and that would be my first port of call. Let's say, for example, you're worried about your, um, alcohol consumption there's lots of charities out there that deal with addiction and and reach out to them you can do it completely anonymously and have a conversation and i think just that first step is what has always made a real difference to me i'm incredibly grateful for um the people in my life my mum in particular my family who have been so non-judgmental and understanding um but the other thing i would say actually on the flip side of that Jeanette, is also be very mindful of who you talk to because you do not have to tell everyone everything about your life and what you're dealing with so be very selective about who you tell make sure that you trust them and that you feel that they will support you because i know in the past i would go oh i feel so feel so desperate that i would speak to anyone because i was clawing out for help and sometimes I told people that didn't get it, didn't understand it, and their advice and support actually did more harm than good. So it's definitely for me, it's about reaching out to those people that have either been through that or you trust enough that will love you unconditionally. And then it's a slow, it it can be, well, actually, for me, it was a very slow pro, it was very relatively slow progress. So the other thing I would say is be kind and compassionate to yourself. Number one, I have been on a journey of um, practicing and understanding self-love and self-care. And that is what has also made a massive difference, um, you know, to this this journey over the last however many years. Mm, gosh, amazing. It really is. And and to see you now, you know, you, your light shines really bright, Jeremy, in everything you do. And you bring your whole self. And, and that's what I really love about you. Warts and all, you know, oh, it's all there. But you, you, what you, um, the aura you have is really magical, actually. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, it, it really genuinely is. So thank you for sharing. And, you know, when you, um, we could chat for hours, couldn't we, Jeremy? <laughs> we could, can we? Have to be part 12. <laughs> <laughs> I did a whole come back, whole, come back Oh, you'll come back again. I'll do a whole series just on Jeremy. Um, <laughs> but let's let's talk a little bit around, around the people in your life because you touched on that, you know, in the context that just then in that example of who you speak to about, you know, if it's mental health or whatever challenges you're going through. But let's just talk about sort of network and people in your world in general and how mm -hmm. that has been for you. And 
Have you had to, you know, distance yourself from certain people that maybe weren't serving you in terms of what you were trying to achieve or, or maybe even where you are now, you know? Um, so, yeah, can we talk a little bit about that? How do you make sure you've got the right people in your life? Oh, what a great question, Jeanette. Um, yeah, so, so for me, again, very grateful and fortunate to have parents that are, oh, God, just so amazing. Um, and for me, yes, I'm very guarded now. I've learned I'm actually an incredibly private person. And so I'm very mindful of who I, sounds a little bit kind of, I don't know, whatever. In my head, it sounds a bit like arrogant or something. Who I allow into my inner circle, who I allow into my life, who I allow into my heart, I guess. That's, oh, that sounded a bit fluffy for me. Um, <laughs> who I allow into my life and, and, and open up to. And so I, I probably have a very small circle of trusted people that I could tell anything to and i'm talking about five or six people that you know that i speak to on a regular basis actually i'm quite an open person probably Jeanette, i would have a conversation with you and tell you because i trust you but in terms of regular contact people in my life mm. speak to regularly very small handful of people i have lots of acquaintances and i have lots of friends which i'm very grateful for but definitely this year i've noticed about being very um careful and selective of who I hang around with. The majority of my friends are business owners or entrepreneurs. Um, not through choice, I guess through choice, or just how I, you know, who I hang around with. I've got a couple of friends who aren't. Um, but uh, the main thing for me about my friendships and the people that I trust is if we, I had a falling out with a friend recently um, and uh, we, we, I haven't had one for quite a long time. And we, we had an argument on the phone. I've had one in years. And I, we both said, look, let's go and take a breath and come back. And we, we met up a couple of, I think it was last week. And we both sat down and we both, when we shared and we talked about it, we both only said what we could be responsible for and what we felt we did wrong and what we are going to do differently. Neither of us went you did X, Y, or Z. And that for me was an, uh, an example of what a great friendship for me is. Yeah, sometimes you're going to fall out, but is the other person able and willing to take on responsibility for what they've done within that relationship? Um, and we both were able to do that. And so that's a great example. A few years previous, I'd had, an, I'd had falling out with someone and we'd had this big row and I was, I, I wasn't great. I was a, I was a bad friend and I did some really, some stuff I'm not proud of, but what didn't work. And I, and I took that decision to, to, to end that relationship was because I didn't feel like, I felt like I was just being attacked and being told I, all the things I did wrong. And they weren't willing at that time to actually say to me, okay, I could have done this. Da, 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 da. So I think that shows an example of, you know, having them, it's so important to have the right people around you that are, can just build you up. They start picking holes and particularly when you're running a business and certainly in the early stages, start picking holes and judging you or say, it's like, just, I'm too old now, Janelle. I mean, I'm only 42 this year, but I feel like I'm, I'm too old to have 
<laughs> I, I, I'm too old. I said this to my friend the other day. I said, I'm too old to be dealing with this shit. Like, do you know what I mean? So I'd rather have five amazing friends than a hundred okay friends. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that's yeah. answered. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and you're right. You know, sometimes we have to make tough choices, don't we? And say, is this person serving serving me um, in the right way? And if not, yeah. you know, maybe it's time to part part company. And, and equally, just being aware, I think, of who you're spending time with and how do they make you feel? You know, they're lifting you up, encouraging you. Or actually, do you walk away feeling pretty negative um, from having that? Yeah. So, and sometimes it can be fantastic, actually. Sometimes it can be yeah. really close to you. And that is tricky. But, you know, th- then it may be... Yeah. A damage limitation exercise where I'm just going to reduce the amount of time or I'm not going to talk about certain stuff with them because I know it's not going to, they don't get it. They're not on my, they're not on my path. They're not on my journey, you know? Yeah, no, I, I don't, I mean, I could talk about this for hours and I won't, but what you just said, I completely agree with, like particularly family, like you, there's this uh, like sense of obligation, I think with people end up staying in very toxic relationships and family members because they feel a duty to. And I know I've got some few friends who don't speak to very close family members because of that reason. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge and it's boundaries. That was the other thing I just want to say very quickly is putting in boundaries and asking your friends to respect boundaries, um, which are hard to put in place. But I, I, the thing which I actually said to my friend, the last one who we've patched up now, I was prepared to walk away from the relationship because I had certain boundaries in place and, uh, and they respect, they were able to respect those boundaries and vice versa. She asked me not to do some things. So I don't want you doing this, please. That's my boundary. And I said, well, as your, as your friend, absolutely, I can respect that. Um, so yeah, boundaries are a big, big thing for me. And it's, and it's having certainty in my life about what I want my life to look like, what I am willing to accept and not accept and having the confidence to be able to say to that person, look, this is my life. And it comes back to this creating a life for yourself. What did you say? Create life of life creation. Life by design. Life by design. Yeah. That's the one. Life yeah. by design. And that includes friendships. And so uh, what, who says I don't get to say how who I have in my life and who I hang around with. Some people are listening. I think, oh, Jeremy, you're very harsh and cold. Um, that that might be your view on it, but that's what works for me. So that's how I'm going to live my life. And I suggest uh, that everyone else go and find their, find their path and what they want and stick to it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, this is great because there's a lot. There's so many um, words of wisdom in this actually, and I think a lot of people struggle. Uh, to make to make those choices, you know, and uh, you you're in a really good space right now, aren't you? You, you? I can see, even though you're you're excited about the future, um, you know, even though some some of that you might know what's going to happen, like the podcast, some of it is going to unfold over the next weeks, months, years, however long, you know. So can add something to that. Go can for I it, just yes. say? I don't want anyone thinking that like my life is perfect or that like I've, I spent the morning so stressed out and anxious because I didn't know, like I do also get all stressed out and anxious about something. So I just want to highlight that like, you know, there's, there's a, there's stuff that I don't think people talk enough about. Like, I mean, I mean, I feel I'm in a good place, but I'm also not, I'm so challenged and so uncomfortable right now. Um, and so I didn't want to just make people think that I'm just running around going, yeah, life's perfect. And I'm fantastic because it's not. 
Well, no, well, that's, I mean, that's, and that's it, isn't it? That's not, that, that's, uh, it's not reality. If you're all happy clappy every two minutes, you know what I mean? That'd be slightly, <laughs> um, you know, because stuff, yeah. stuff happens, doesn't it? Stuff happens, you know, things go wrong. We sort of fail at things, fail at things. We mess things up. We get rejected. Sometimes we're just feeling emotional, you know? I mean, all sorts of things going on in our, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm perimenopause or post-menopause or in the menopause or not in it at all. I don't know, but some days I'm feeling great and other days I'm just kind of feeling, mm, you know, not so. Yeah. And that that's yeah. whatever's going on. So I think you're, you're right that this uh, this image of perfection is uh, is a complete misnomer, actually, because we're all perfectly imperfect, I think. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So, Jeremy, I have got a last couple of questions, but um, so I'm going to get to the uh, the penultimate one shortly. But the next one I want to ask you is, um, can you think of the best piece of advice you've been given? Yes, I it's the, the best piece of advice I've been given. And I think it's highlighted in what I've said is and it's the hardest one I've had to implement is trust your gut. Someone said to me once, you know, you're going to be given lots of advice in life from different people of different, different backgrounds, different experience. And you're, you're going to have to, as an entrepreneur, a business owner, you, you have to make decisions. But at the end of the day, it's your choice to make and trust your gut. Like, don't, does that make sense? Yeah, trust your gut. You know, obviously weigh stuff up, but at the end of the day, trust your gut. And I wish... I, looking back over the past, certainly the past few years, I wish I'd have done that more and taken that advice on. And I do that now because yeah. at the end of the day, it's my decision. If I get something, air quotes, wrong or it doesn't work out, at least I've done what I feel is best with the information I had at the time. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. And and and, I, and it is it is, yes, weighing up the facts, but also when you have that inner feeling that something's just not sitting right, invariably you're nearly always right with that and I've, I've had times where I've kind of gone against that and it's normally played out uh, with the fears that I had actually and I should have just trust, trusted myself more yeah 100% I mean yeah I was just to say finally on that point um every, pretty much every every decision that I've made in the last 18 months of when the pandemic started and I've and I haven't trusted my gut. I've every single time I've gone back and gone, should have trusted my gut. But there yeah. we are. You know, yeah. uh, it's, we live and learn, eh? We do live and learn. We're all we're all work in progress till the day we die. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy, before I get to my last question, where can people find you? Because I know loads of people are going to want to check you out and get in touch. Right now, I'm in a tiny green box in Brighton. In a, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, on, <laughs> online, you. So, I've managed to secure Jeremy Jacobs UK pretty much across all social media platforms. So, Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, TikTok. Um, you just, just whatever it is. And then Jeremy Jacobs, UK, you'll find me across all of those LinkedIn and Instagram, LinkedIn. If you want to see my professional business side, Instagram, you want to see my real, uh, Jeremy side, which is far more fun. Um, and Jeremy Jacobs on clubhouse, even though I don't use it anymore. Um, uh, or my URL for my website, which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk. Don't go to.com because there's a man who looks very similar to me 
running a completely different business. Like he's a he's a he works for the BBC. He's British, and we look strikingly similar. And he wants my URL. I won't give it to him. So .co.uk. Right, clear a brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> he once me emailed me and said, "Can I have your domain, please? I'll buy off you." I was like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's brilliant. I love the decisiveness. No way. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Jeremy, my last question to you: This podcast is called Brave, Bold, Brilliant, as you know. What does that mean yep. for you? Brave, Bold, Brilliant for me is about, and I think it sums up nicely what we've been talking about. Brave, bold, brilliant is being true to yourself and being and living a, a life where you are just living by your truth and by your values. And what I mean by that is what's important to you? What do you see needs to be changed in the world? What do you stand for? What are you about? What difference do you want to make? But the kind of the brave and the boldness comes from that sticking to that all the time putting yourself out there, making a difference. It's such a beautiful uh, title. So yeah, that is how I interpret that. Perfect. Well, that is the absolutely best way to end the podcast, Jeremy. So thank you so much. You've been fabulous. You really have. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. Oh,